Liverpool Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. How are you, friend? Welcome to another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And the last episode had a poet as the interviewee, the late Michael S. Harper. I guess you could say the man we have on this episode is a different kind of poet. I think there's a lot of poetry in country music. And Tom T. Hall is an example of some great, great lyrics and melodies, I might add. This man has been called a country music legend. Tom T. Hall, or as he's sometimes known, the storyteller. He's written some very iconic songs, such as Old Dogs, Children, and Watermelon Wine. I love... Harper Valley PTA, that's how I got to Memphis. There's lots of songs that Tom T. Hall wrote. Some of them, not everybody would know that Tom T. Hall was the writer. But he's an inductee of the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame, amongst a lot of other distinctions. And in addition to his own successful career as a performing and recording artist, his songs have been covered by everyone from Alan Jackson to Bobby Bear. I think you're going to enjoy this interview with Tom T. Hall. It was originally broadcast on the radio, and the interview was recorded at Tom T. Hall's personal studio. Enjoy. It's a great pleasure to welcome Mr. Tom T. Hall on our program. Thank you so much for joining us. How do you do, Mr. Hall? I'm in very good spirits today. Been working on the farm, and things are going well. If you see a black cow with a white spot on its nose, bring it to me. (laughs) So, who is Tom T. Hall? Well, let's see. Who is Tom T. Hall? Well, you hear that question a lot uh, more (laughs) than some of the others. Tom T. Hall is six feet tall, weighs uh, 210 pounds, lives in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. He is an ex-country music superstar. And uh, he has a farm with uh, chickens, cats, dogs, turkeys, and I hope I don't leave any animals out. Raccoons, squirrels, birds, and he takes care of all of them. I think most stories are best from the beginning. What was life like growing up? Well, I was born in um, Olive Hill, Kentucky. And uh, Olive Hill, Kentucky is in a valley, and there's not an olive tree within probably 2,526 kilometers. But uh, it's a beautiful little town. The population was 1,300. Everybody knew everybody else, and a great town to grow up in, and uh, I still have a lot of friends there. And I've written a lot of songs about people I met, I grew up with, and stories I heard from people I grew up with, too. So uh, I was very fortunate to be born in Kentucky, and I'm very proud of it, and, and doubly proud to be an American. What kind of music did you enjoy the most? Well, I just mentioned that I grew up in Kentucky, so you would imagine that the primary music we all listened to was bluegrass music, Bill Monroe uh uh, theory has it that he started the music there way back when he was a kid. And uh, so we were listening to Flatten Scruggs and uh, all the uh, 
theoretical uh, spinoffs, the Stanley Brothers and Reno and Smiley and uh, uh, Jimmy Martin and the Flat and Scruggs and on and on and on. And um, I, my first musical experience was playing uh, playing the bass fiddle uh, in a bluegrass band. I remember as a kid standing out under a tree. I don't think the music... I've come a long way and done a lot of music, but I think that's the best music I ever heard, even though I was playing some of it. And I was the old lordy guy. We did a lot of gospel songs, and my voice was too low to sing High Lonesome, so I was the guy who would lean in once in a while and say, Oh, lordy, which always got a nice round of applause. How did you feel the first time you got a song of yours recorded? What song was it, and who recorded it? Well, I, the first song I ever had recorded was by Jimmy C. Newman. It was called A DJ for a Day. And I was a disc jockey at the time, and had sent the song to Nashville. And I stayed up to about 2 o'clock in the morning to hear uh, Grant Turner play it on WSM. And it sounded wonderful. And I thought they'd play it five or six more times, but they didn't that night. What lyricist do you find the most impressive? Uh, I think, uh, I hate to pick out favorites. There's a lot of great songwriters in this town. They've come and have gone, but uh, I think uh, I liked Harley Allen's uh, writing uh, about as well as anybody's because uh, he he, uh, uh, he wrote the way I like to write. Or, or he, a lot of imagery in his uh, lyrics and everything, and Harley, of course, passed away some time ago, a couple of years ago, and God rest his soul, but uh, I always thought he was a remarkable uh, wordsmith, if we may say that. What composer do you like the most? Well, this may, uh, this would be melody, uh, melodies, I think. Uh, I would say Chopin, who was a classic uh, piano player. And he wrote Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And that may surprise some people, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. What inspired your song, Harper Valley PTA, and did you know it would be as successful as it was? Well, to answer the last part of the question, I don't think um, anybody knows what's going to happen to a song. You never have any way of knowing. If there were somebody in the world who knew that, they would practically own the world, but that's what makes music, uh, the music business so interesting because um, you got to get lucky and have a little talent and everything's got to happen just right at the right time. But uh, the song was inspired by a true story uh, about an incident that took place in my hometown when I was uh, a kid and uh, it always made a big impression on me and I wrote the song uh, when I got to Nashville because I was thinking back of some interesting things that had happened in my childhood. Can you recall writing the song Little Bitty? I can recall that very vividly because I was on tour in Australia uh, at the time. And uh, I would, when I toured these foreign countries, there's not a easy way to get a lot of exercise and I'm a big exercise person so I would get up every morning and walk for two or three miles I'd, if I were in a city I would walk 
you know, six blocks this way, six blocks this way, six blocks this way, and six blocks back. And if my math worked out right, I'd wind up back at the hotel. Sometimes I didn't and have to find the phone and call a radio station and ask somebody where I was staying. So I had some big adventures. But I got up one morning in Australia, and I went for a walk, and I was in a very small town. So after about a mile, I was out in the country. And I'm walking along, and I passed this little white house uh, with a with a little picket fence and a little dog in the yard and a car parked in the garage and a little flower bed. And I thought, you know, this whole idea of having a house and a car and a dog and a family is a universal thing. So I started singing a little bitty house and a little however the song goes. I never sang it much. I just wrote it. But... um I went back to the little motel where we were staying, and I walked in, and the coffee shop was open now. So I didn't know if Little Bitty was something I had picked up as a kid, an expression. I wanted to find out if everybody knew what Little Bitty meant. I wasn't sure. So a lady came over and brought me some coffee, and I said, I want to ask you a question. And she said, yes, sir. And I said, and does little bitty mean anything in Australia? She said, oh, yes, sir, it's something very tiny. I said, okay, I'm on my way. So I finished up the song. What inspired you to write I Love? I live on a farm. We have 60 acres outside Nashville. It's called Fox Hollow. And um, I had a friend who was a psychiatrist. I wasn't a patient. I couldn't afford it. I needed it, but I couldn't afford it. But... Uh, he told me to get up in the morning and write down a list of everything I didn't like, and you'd find out that the list was not as long as you would think it would be. Well, I'm not a very negative person, so I did that a couple of days, and I said, that's no fun. I'm going to turn the whole thing around and just write down a list of things I love. Well, I was about halfway through the list, and I started humming it and singing it. Now, that's the nature of a songwriter. They... So it, it t- turned into a song instead of a list of things I love. But they're all in there, and and the song was two minutes long. I recorded it in one take and sold a million records. And I think it's, uh, or more maybe, by now, but uh, it, it's a, makes a very good statement about brevity. Uh, so it doesn't take as long to write or record a hit song as you might think. Can you say there is a favorite version of one of your songs that someone else recorded? I always liked uh, anything Bobby Bear sang of mine because he could really, you know, do, do, uh, he understood my songs and I traveled around with Bobby for a number of years. We were in the same agency. Uh, I liked the way Bob sang my songs. But uh, I think uh, one of my favorite uh, versions of a song was a young man named Buddy Miller who is, uh, I think, an alternative country music uh, guy and a great person. Uh, He did a version of uh, a song I wrote called How I Got to Memphis, and I'm terribly fond of that, and I hate to pick out favorites, but that's it. What is your favorite all-around song? I think my all-time favorite song, for some strange reason, is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. There's something about that melody and those words that just, stuck in my head when I was a kid and heard it for the first time and I go around humming that a lot somewhere over the rainbow 
Bluebirds fly. Well, I'm not getting paid to sing here, so... <laughs> Tell us about writing songs with Miss Dixie. What does she like to work with? Miss Dixie and I write songs uh, together all the time, but we write a little differently. I'm, I, I write very quickly, and I'm kind of impatient. I don't like to stay in one place too long. But we can get a song started and find out what it's about and maybe get a verse and a chorus. And then sometimes I go off to bed. I go to bed with the chickens and get up with the chickens. I don't sleep with the chickens, but we have the same schedule. And she'll spend sometimes uh, uh, a week or, you know, everything. She likes to go. She was uh, trained as a, as a newspaper reporter, a newspaper editor. So she goes through and edits all these songs and comes out with some great finished product. But some of them, I don't hear them until they're finished. And so I'm too lazy to work that hard. But she's really great at that. What is the best thing about being Tom T. Hall? I think the best thing about being Tom T. Hall is uh, not having to work. I'm retired, and uh, I don't owe anybody anything. I don't want anything from anybody, and so I can, if I take an ocean some days, I can be a real butthole, so that's probably the best deal. What is it you like about music? Well, that's a that's a question that is very difficult to answer because all human beings are wired up a little different here and there. That's what makes us individuals. But uh, I love music so much. As a little child, I was four years old, and there were a lot of kids in our family, but I would have my fa- my mother wake me up. She would get up very early to fix my father's breakfast so he could go off to work. But she would get me up even before my father and uh, while she was cooking, and let me listen to the Grand Ole Opry from Nashville, Tennessee. They had some live bands back in those days. They had, uh, um, you name it, back in those days. They had Bill Monroe and uh, Flatten Scruggs and uh, uh, I think the Wilburn Brothers and I don't know who all, but I was only four years old, and I would get up and sit in a chair and uh, listen to that music. And that I was one of the weird kids in the family in that regard. What makes you happiest? I think what makes me happiest is to see other people happy. I don't, uh, I'm pretty, I'm kind of a loner, and I got my own take on life, and I do my own thing, and Miss Dixie lets me hang out at the barn and talk to the chickens and ducks and animals. and So uh, I think what makes me happiest is to, is to see other people doing well and being happy. And I try to contribute to that if I can, and I do that by staying out of their way, I think. What is your favorite sound? I think, uh, I don't know, I'm not certain now, uh, but uh, when I was a kid, the, the, the most beautiful sound in the world was a five-string banjo early in the morning. Go figure that out. My last question. This interview will be heard by people in a lot of places. What would you like to say to all of the people listening in? I would like to thank uh, all of the people who are within earshot uh, today for uh, listening to my music, playing my music, uh, giving me a break when I did something uh, lousy or bad or wrong. And uh, by doing that, giving me the great privilege to be an old man sitting on a farm outside Nashville 
just having a hell of a good life. And I wish you all the same. Thank you, Mr. Hall. It does mean a lot. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment and Media. The Paul Leslie theme song composed, recorded, and produced by Jeff Pike. Outro music composed, recorded, and produced by John Goodwin, originally appearing in the short film Malukas and Vulnerable Jelly Things. Please consider subscribing to the Paul Leslie Hour, and if you like us, give us a review. It'll help other people to find this content. All past interviews are also available on YouTube. For more information, you can visit thepaulleslie.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ThePaulLeslie. Thanks for listening. Be good.